In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Following the 12 days of Christmas, the church observes another Christmas celebration, and that is today the great day of the Epiphany of our Lord. Epiphany always falls on January 6th, and it is a day of great joy that the church should never forget. As the church here developed in the early church, Christians began observing and celebrating Epiphany on this day as a combined Christmas and Epiphany long before Christmas became its own fixed day in the church year calendar. The importance importance of this day is still seen in some places across the globe. Several European countries observe this day as a national holiday. In Spain and some Latin American countries, few gifts are given at Christmas time. Instead, the tradition of giving gifts is something that is done for them on this day, the day of Epiphany, reflecting the gifts that the Magi gave to Jesus when they came from the East to worship him. Not only has this become a forgotten feast of the church in America, but events three years ago at our nation's capital have become an annual observance of sorts on January 6th, seemingly to keep the anger going against opposing parties. How pitiable we have become when we allow this Christian holiday to be overshadowed by politics. The word epiphany occurs seven times in the Greek. That is the Greek New Testament. In each of these occurrences, the word is translated as appearance. The first word, the first time it is found is one in Paul's earlier writings in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, which Jesus declares what he will do when the Antichrist, when Jesus returns, what he will do to the Antichrist when Jesus returns for judgment. It is written there, and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance, epiphania, of his coming. The remaining occurrences of this word are in St. Paul's last writings. That is, they all then fall in Paul's pastoral epistles to Titus and to Timothy. Often this word also refers to the appearing of our Savior on the last day, but the word also occurs to refer to our Lord's first coming. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, it is written, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began and which has now been manifested through the appearing, epiphania, of our Savior Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. The church has chosen to use this word epiphany 
to see how the Christ child who is born in Bethlehem as a baby reveals himself to be God. For the word not only means appearing, but also manifestation. Jesus is God in flesh made manifest. Jesus is revealed as God when the Magi come from the east to worship the Christ child at the house where he is staying. It is evident that he is not an ordinary child when the star arises to indicate his birth. And the gifts which the Magi give and who they are also indicates that this is no ordinary child. So alarmed by, this, by the birth of this child, Christ the King, Herod saw to it that all the baby boys in the vicinity of Jerusalem, or Bethlehem be put to death that are age two and younger. He is threatened by a king. Now, the tradition of gift-giving came from the Magi. As Christians, it is important for us to understand the difference between gift and the response or the work. You see, we stand before God acquitted of our sin, not from our response to the gospel or from the works that we do. The response and the works follow the receiving of the gift. So even if the works that we do are loving God or our neighbor, giving gifts to those whom we love, or giving gifts to those who need them, or acts of Christian service, these will not earn favor with God. But instead we do them because we have received a gift from God and we have been received into his favor. And so we stand by the grace of God acquitted because we are recipients of this gift of God. For in love our Father in heaven sent his only begotten Son into this world so that he could bear the sins of the world in his own body and go to the cross and die on our behalf, offering then his blood as the ransom payment for our sin. In love, Jesus died and rose for our justification. In love, he sent his Holy Spirit to guide us into the way of truth. In love, he baptizes us into Christ, and we are adopted into God's holy family. In love, he receives us as, as members of his eternal kingdom. In love, he will raise our bodies from the dead on the last day, and give us perfect bodies, and we will dwell in his presence and see him face to face for all eternity. These are the gifts that God gives us by his grace without any merit or worthiness in us. So having received forgiveness of sins and eternal salvation as free gifts, we then respond. We then respond with good works like giving to the Lord, even singing our praises as you have so boldly done this evening, and also by serving God and doing good to our neighbors, and yes, giving gifts. Some of the greatest acts of love that you can do for others 
is to tell them about Jesus, inviting them to church, and loving them by forgiving them in Christ. We give these gifts to them because of the gifts that we have already received through our Savior Jesus. And so Jesus, God's own Son, has come to take away our sin, to give us life. We are reconciled to God. We have received the greatest gifts of all, and it is our privilege to tell others that they may receive this gift as well. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.